day. Welcome. It's morning. <laughs> a little mixed Are up order there, but it's macabre. Hey, welcome to Monday Morning Macabre, where we mix up the order, but max out the fun. We got a great show for you tonight. Don't go anywhere. We got Millie Bobby Brown's little brother, Billy Bobby Brown, here tonight. Do you think Millie Bobby Brown and Meek Mill have talked about Meek Millie doing a collab? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> And it's just all Drake diss tracks. <laughs> That's too perfect. I listen to. Uh, welcome, gang. My audio's a little scuffed. I gotta, I gotta tweet that later. <laughs> tweet it. Uh, audio on my end's a little scuffed. Hope it's not too bad because I'm not in my normal location without my mic. But hashtag vacation mode Darce in full hashtag effect. Hashtag vacation. Honestly, hashtag vacation home Darce because Ooh. daddy. Daddy's got a good one. Yeah, we should say, even though Darce is on vacation, our listeners probably know, but he's always on that grind. He doesn't stop. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of a girl boss when it comes to being on my grind at all times. Got that grind set. Yeah, I've got a hunt it, hunt it, hunt it. I anyway. Um so today is Mon- Monday, August 8th. <laughs> Uh, yes <laughs> i don't think we have we ever done that before <laughs> no yeah this is the first time i think but it feels really cool <laughs> i like saying it because it's it's not necessary the timestamp of the release says it <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. but we like to give you all the metadata you know yeah we're a walk you're a walking json file right now i'm a walking json file everyone hey uh what's your extension baby <laughs> <laughs> tell us Oh no! What's that? Oh, that was a big. Oh, sm- that's a nice smell. That's a big. Oh sniff. my God! A man has wandered into our recruiting recording studio. Phil, is he with you? It's not with me. Then come in my heart car. They call me Bad Bart. <laughs> oh my gosh, Bad Bart! Hi, bad Bart. <laughs> I like. It. We have another. So the. I another like it how crowded the recording room is getting. It's yeah, way the booth better. Is getting warm. Yeah, okay, so we got we got Phil, Scones, Darce, and Bad Darce Bart. And Bad Bart. Bad That's Bart. the boys. This aroma, oh. the aroma. <laughs> I think your listeners must have a lot of estrogen, testosterone. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You can smell that <laughs> kind of Bart. thing? You can smell Black that. Bart is creepy. Oh, I, can I like smell it. it. It's like you're a predator from Predator, but also a predator from the United States. I don't mind paying a little money for shots of their piggies. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that's legal on OnlyFans. Yeah, you bet it is. Oh, no. Only Barts? Oh, only Barts. Send me your farts, too. We'll call it Only Farts if you may. Only Barts farts. That's an idea. Yeah. Write that down, Sconey. I'm, I'm furiously oh. scribbling. Oh, Bart, Bart just ran away. Bye, Bart. Bye, boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Always good when Bart comes to the studio. Nothing like a surprise Bart guest. Um, I, I want someone to edit the picture of the four Beatles on the roof doing their last <laughs> concert, but it's just us four. Just us. Yeah, we, yeah. That would require Phil and Bart face reveals. It, I mean, for non-patrons, they don't have us face reveals, so I, I'd rather someone oh, who has not point. seen all four do it. Then and then someone they, who but has then they have us. to choose like who is who. <laughs> I, I like that much better. I yeah, think that's gonna fun. create a much better product. Yeah, guys, we're make we're product hunting. We're you not businessmen, but we are a business businessman. If you, the immortal bard Jay Z, if you uh, <laughs> if you want to 
send us a Shark Tank style, like, if you have a company that you're trying to get off the ground, and you're like, I really think Monday Morning Macabre's audience would propel us to, you know, market heaven, uh, reach out and we'll do a Shark Tank style podcast. But I'm, um, what would your Shark Tank name be, Scones, actually? Let's, let's throw it to you for this. Uh, I'd be, uh, Scones O'Reilly. Oh, like of O'Reilly Auto Parts? Exactly, but people call me uh, Mr. Mr. Nasty. Oh, why do they call you that? Because sometimes in the negotiating room, I can get nasty. Oh, I see. Not like Mr. Freaky Nasty, like Mr. Nasty. <laughs> Freaking like naughty. <laughs> um, I would be um, Eustace C. Burnsburg. Oh, you sound like you make documentaries. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a documentary filmmaker and also sick piano player. <gasps> Whoa! Uh, so those things uh, always make so much money. <laughs> yeah, they do. So, <laughs> so very lucrative. In, I look at them and go, "You gotta tickle my ivories." Oh my gosh! Do they tickle so, your ivories? Depends. Am I? Do they get the golden buzzer? <laughs> We're also wow. Expert. Shark Tank's We're, different than what I remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, when we really love a product, we give them the golden buzzer, and then all four sharks have to fight each other to the death in a squared circle arena. Oh, I thought you were going to say in a fish, like a water tank. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. We tie them all to straight jackets, and they have to fight. And then it's just like, we wait, and then the bubbles stop, and we're like, I don't know who the winner is. But, <laughs> Do they but... still get their money? I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. But what we're going to find out first, Scones, is that we're six minutes into this, the episode. Who? <laughs> Which means we're going to uh, to start talking spooky. Hell yeah, uh, we are. And with all the boys here in this uh, yeah. in the studio, you know, <laughs> thinking about the, the brotherhood that we have here. Band of we're, brothers. We're going to talk about the disturbing story of the Menendez brothers. Oh boy, I want that basketball card. Ooh, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, who's yeah, on the, whose yeah. card is it? Uh, it's Post Malone, I think. For, well, <laughs> he played for the Bucks back in the '88. Mendez brothers card, the rookie card. It's like a. It's Mark Jack. It's Mark Jackson's card. Mark Jackson. That's amazing. Guy. Now this will all make sense shortly. Uh, you can buy so it for ten dollars right now. That's crazy. I figured that'd have... be way more expensive. Are you sure it's not just like a? Bull baloney. No, I'm on eBay buy right now for nine ninety nine. Yeah, but it's probably just like a guy who took a picture of it. Hoops with Menendez brothers. How do I? They have to have a verification system, right? eBay sells so many collectibles. I I mean, I don't know, but that's not the point, Scones. The point is, you're going to talk to us about the Menendez brothers. Hell yeah, band, play us in. Band, tickle those ivories. So for those of you who don't know what we were just talking about, there's a Mark Jackson. Uh, he was an NBA player and later on an NBA coach, now an NBA analyst. But on his basketball card in the background, in the on courtside seats, you can see the Menendez brothers sitting courtside watching the basketball game. 
Nascons, who are these brothers? Well, let's get into it. In 1989, Lyle and Eric Menendez. I feel a sneeze coming on, so it's going to come, but I don't know when. <clears throat> Ooh. Lyle and Eric Menendez. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's- Nasty Bart or Brutal Bart Bad or whatever Bart. his back. <laughs> no, that was just a Darce original getting excited for a sneeze. Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally murdered their parents, uh, like Jose and though? Kitty, in their Beverly Hills home. Then they made shocking alley. <laughs> there it is. Oh, I promised, and we always deliver. <laughs> then they made shocking allegations of abuse in court. When Jose and Kitty Menendez were killed in Beverly Hills on summer night in 1989, their violent death shocked Los Angeles. But their brutal murder was just the beginning. Before long, the blame for their slaying was pinned on their sons, 21-year-old Lyle and 18-year-old Eric, and the story of the Menendez brothers would soon captivate America. So for you, uh, some of our younger listeners might not know about this. It It was hot in the streets. It was hot in the streets, even hotter in... It was like Son of Sam OJ level, like, visibility. This was poggers, as the kids would say nowadays. In a trial filled with twists and turns, which played out on the... On the nascent? Mm -hmm. Am I dumb? What is that word? No, nascent? Nascent? Nascent's a word. I feel like I've never heard that word before in my life. Nascent meaning, like... uh, Well, here's the Google definition. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Just coming into existence and beginning to display signs of future potential. You know what's funny? Hey. Is I literally wrote nascent in a thing like two days ago. Wow. This guy over here. Yeah. Tough uh, nascent man. I know when to put a period in a capital. Um, uh, thank you, Kalina Fraga, the author of this article on allthatsinteresting.com for uh, hitting me with the, the crazies. Also, thank you again to this website. We promise we're not trying to become your official podcast. You just write... Perfectly li- uh, length articles. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what if that was my only contribution to the podcast? I, I hope it <laughs> was a yes and a no. <laughs> so I'd like to see if we get more or less listeners. More, Papa. So anyway, which played on the nascent court That TV. was my 11 impersonation, by the way. <laughs> Lyle and Eric admitted to murdering both of their parents on August 20th, 1989. Ooh, super close to my birthday. Uh-oh, Scarney. They denied, however, that they'd killed their parents merely to inherit their millions. Instead, Lyle and Eric claimed they'd been killed. Oh, no, they'd killed, they'd been killed. Jose. <laughs> We're all dead. That'd be crazy. Claimed that they'd killed Jose and Kitty after years of constant emotional, physical, and sexual abuse. Aye. Aye, aye is right. Aye. No. <laughs> this is just like a sea captain saying no. Yeah, so it's either a yas or no. <laughs> Those are my two two uh, additions to the pod. I really like the no is like ASMR to me. It's perfect length. <laughs> As a transfixed nation watched, Lyle and Eric Menendez described years of alleged maltreatment at the hands of their mother and father. The Menendez brothers sobbed on the stand, gave graphic descriptions of molestation and incest, and offered anecdotes of their father's cruel personality. This is the story of the Menendez brothers and the murder of their parents. Yes. As children, Lyle and Eric Menendez seemed to have it all. Born in 1968 and 1970, respectively, the two boys grew up in a wealthy New Jersey suburb with their parents, Jose, a self-made Cuban immigrant, and Kitty, a former beauty queen. 
But the Menendez brothers later claimed that their picture-perfect childhood was all a facade, which hid some extremely dark truths. Their father, who had climbed his... (laughs) Their father, who had climbed his way from washing dishes to becoming a successful entertainment executive, pushed both Lyle and Eric hard. According to the Los Angeles Times, Jose wanted his boys to be tennis stars and even hired private coaches for lessons. No. (laughs) He demanded excellence from both his sons and their coaches, one of whom would quit in frustration. Yeah. Jose was intense off the tennis courts, too. The Los Angeles Times reports that he expected his sons to be able to hold conversations about topics like international politics and sometimes gave them hours-long lectures. No. So he's basically raising his kids how to be the least cool people Yeah, ever. I was going to say, he's raising them to, like, f- like wake up wearing Argyle sweaters. Yeah, to be narcs. Yeah, be a bunch of hall monitors. What's more, the Menendez brothers also later claim that Jose sexually abused them. One of their cousins later told ABC News that when Lyle was eight years old and she was 17, she uh, he told her that his father had molested him. Ah. The cousin told Kitty but didn't think that the boy's mother believed her. This is bad. Yeah, it's a big yikes on the mic. Y'all. And as the years went on, cracks began to show in the Menendez family. After they moved to Southern California for Jose's work in 1986, Eric and Lyle started getting in trouble for stealing from their neighbors' homes. Rolling Stone reports that their crime spree enraged Jose to such an extent that he allegedly amended his will so that his sons would receive less. Wow. That's punishment. That's, 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 that's such a, like, I mean, I feel like you do that when you're like, I'm cutting these people out of my life entirely. Like, amend your will. You yeah. Know? Not just like, okay, we're going to like, have a real either be like you're gonna go give everything back and like you know uh, apologize and all that jazz yeah and when you're really supposed to grow old marry some very uh, younger woman write her into the will instead and let her murder you hell yeah gonna let that one sit for a bit according to ABC he was even thinking about removing his sons from the will entirely but before Jose had a chance, he and his wife were brutally killed. Inside the murder. On August 20th, 1989, a seemingly hysterical Lyle Menendez, then 21, called 911. They shot and killed my parents, he sobbed. Outside the house, his 18-year-old brother Eric wailed into the night as the police arrived. As the Menendez brothers put it, they'd spent the evening at the movies because Eric needed his ID for their next stop that night. They returned to the family home to pick it up and found their parents dead. Once we realized what had happened after we called the police, Eric explained, according to the Los Angeles Times, it started sinking into our heads. These aren't just two people. These are our parents. Yikes. Big yikes. Yeah. Yeah, it's... uh, The whole situation sounds like it deserves one big yikes, is for sure. If you're listening on three, we're all going to go, yikes, okay? (laughs) One, two, three... Yikes. Yikes. Great. Jose had been shot at least five times on the sofa, sustaining a mortal wound. (laughs) Sustaining a mortal wound to the head, along with wounds in the arms and legs. Kitty, who apparently tried to flee from her assailants, had been shot ten times. Oh my god. According to Rolling Stone, the Menendez brothers' grief seemed to so genuine that police did not follow protocol as they examined the crime scene. They did not test the brother's hand for gunshot residue 
and didn't conduct a formal interview until two months after Jose and Kitty's death. The gruesome double murder it initially seemed was a gangland-style killing, but as the time went on, the Menendez brothers started to rouse investigators' suspicions. According yes, to biography, I'm interested in how do they how do they blow you, it? You're roused right now. Uh, excuse me. You're you're roused like the investigators' oh. suspicions. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> According to the biography. Lyle and Eric burned through $700,000 of their father's 14 million what? fortune in six months. Yeah, but it's 14 million, dude. That's not crazy. I guess that's crazy true, but like, me. still, I, if someone was like, hey, you've got like, you got to burn through $700,000 in like a month, I'm going to be like, oh man, that's a lot of hamburgers. <laughs> that's oh, so boy. many hamburgers. That's <laughs> so many. Now, what if you do like Wagyu beef, though? Or like, still... is that the fancy one where like the cows like get like foot massages and like get to like, Drink wine. Yeah. Yep, that's that's those are that's what makes it. That's yes, Wagyu beef is the expensive one. Um, they were spending lavishly on expensive cars, watches, tennis coaches, and exotic vacations. I love the fact that you hate your parents enough to kill them because of the horrible things that their father allegedly did, but you still keep up with the tennis lessons is well, bizarre yeah. to me. You're not going to be a state champ if you don't keep practicing. Listen, I've seen King Richard, but like, yeah, I don't know. Yep. Are they are these like the opposite, like the 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 yin to the uh, like William sisters Yang? They could be, dude. I would see the Menendez brothers versus the William sisters at Wimbledon. Dude, that would be that would that would make so much money. <laughs> it would. You make it that pay per view. I cannot express the. Like I think I'd probably pay like a hundred dollars to see that on pay per view. Like that is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be electric. Sorry, we're, we've got somebody coming into the studio again, and it's. Did I hear you guys talking about Wagyu beef? <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, I liked it. Of all the things, that's what caught your ear. But yes. <laughs> well, I wanted to say here on my farm, I have an ample supply of ground chuck. Ew. <laughs> and why if is anyone, it so ample? yeah, what? lots of cows this season. And if anyone, just this season, scones, let me ask you a question. Yeah, hit me with it. You ever play volleyball on a hot day with your pals? <laughs> yeah, only on with the beach pals. though. Yeah, with your all s- my co-pilots. <laughs> your socks kind of smell like gorgonzola cheese. I don't wear socks at beach volleyball, but. <laughs> Imagine you did. If you can get one listener oh. to send me their stanky gorgonzola <laughs> socks, I'll give you all the ground chuck you could dream of. Wow. All right, there we go, listeners. The gauntlet's listeners, been thrown. Send in your gorgonzola socks. Straight to Bad Bart and you won't regret it. Yeah, just put it in an envelope and write Bad Bart as the address. And if you I, do regret it, I'm always on the run. You won't catch me. <laughs> <laughs> what are you on the run from? Uh, Wait, no if they regret it, you're on the run? <laughs> well, they won't catch me if they call the police. I'm always on the move, Bad Bart. That's true. I'm you always are always on the, on the move. move. This is the first time you've been here, so you must have been on the move the yeah, whole time. Yeah, you must be a real move. Yeah, you you, a uh, 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 rambling man. You could sing. I can sing? You could sing. Oh, I can sing. Brothers? You can sing <laughs> if you want. What song would you sing? What's your favorite song, Bad Bart? Oh, man. 
put me on the spot there, Lassie. <laughs> Why am I a Lassie? It's crazy. Bad Bart seems so alarmingly blunt and confident in most answers, but this has him stumped. <laughs> He's very stumped by music, apparently. So many songs in that there catalog. Yeah. Which catalog? Like in the world? The music catalog, Lassie. <laughs> I'll get back to you with the song, but for now, focus on those stanky little socks, listeners. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Bad Bart. Thanks, buddy. See you next season. <laughs> See us next season. <laughs> I really like hearing the trail off as he leaves the room. <laughs> Good old BB. Detective Les Zoller explained to Oxygen that investigators really began to suspect the brothers when they learned that Eric had written a screenplay in which a character murders his parents to inherit their money. So that's how they blow it to us. Okay, that's... Come on, It's a real OJ writing the book, How I Would Have Done It. Yeah, How I Would Have Done It. That's that's a yikes for me. Investigators also noted that Menendez brothers had offered some odd details about the night of their parents' deaths, like seeing gun smoke in the air. Something that, that would have disappeared shortly after the shots were fired. So they think that, like, it's just, like, fog that lingers? I don't know. So that's a funny piece of evidence, because it's just investigators saying, like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing gun smoke. Yeah, well, I mean, like, this is the brothers saying that, right? Yes. So the brothers were but, like, okay, we got to make up this story. Oh, there was a lot of gun smoke, so that's how we knew they got shot. Why would you even mention the smoke? I don't know. Well, they I didn't mean, do their I think, research. I mean, they shot their parents. 15 shots went into their parents. Yeah, I, I bet a part of, maybe, I don't know, part of them wanted to get caught. True. Because it seems like they were in the fucking clear. They didn't have to say anything else to the cops at all. <laughs> Right. They didn't have to do anything related to their parents or their deaths, but they did multiple things. Yeah. Like write a screenplay. <laughs> yeah. The authorities' suspicions were confirmed in a shocking fashion when the mistress of a therapist named Dr. Jerome Ozil, who had been treating Eric, came forward with tapes of both Eric and Lyle confessing to their parents' murders. So this is the big one. <laughs> the big fuck uh, up. Yeah. Also, <laughs> why did that... Okay. Are we assuming that the, the, the therapist came forward with these like as soon as they confessed? No, the mistress of the therapist oh, yeah, that's came forward with it. So, isn't there a whole thing where it's like, if it's something criminal, you have to report it? I don't know, but I also think it's not... I think with patient, therapist, or doctor confidentiality, I don't think it, that's admissible in court, is it? I think it totally is. I think that... I don't Dr. know, that's Patient, not how it works in Sopranos, dude. I thought Dr. Patient only applies when it's, like, if something criminal is brought up, they then have to act on it. I thought that was, like, part of the deal. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, excuse me? I have a resident, uh, let's get the resident, uh, resident <laughs> Slingendingers therapist in here. Hold on. So, Bad Bart's an interesting guy, huh, everybody? Oh. Yeah, really get to that mic. <clears throat> this is Dr. Noodle Butter. She's our uh, <laughs> resident therapist. So many new people. Dr. Noodle Hi, Butter. Dr. Noodle Butter. Dr. Noodle Butter. If uh, someone 
admits to their therapist that they've committed a crime, like a murder, does the therapist have to report it or can they not report it? Is that not admissible in court? A crime that's already happened? Yes. Um, so if the therapist gets called to court, what happens is the therapist will first claim like client privilege basically. And there's like two ways, two steps of doing that. And they'll do it both times to try and, um, to try and like protect that confidentiality. They'll claim confidentiality basically twice, usually get a lawyer involved, whatever. But there are times where a judge could say, no, you, you are subpoenaed. You have to come. And then they have to present all of their like therapy notes basically, and they decide what gets read and what doesn't. But you try to avoid that at all costs. Well, there it is. Thank you, Dr. Noodlebutter. So, wait, wait, wait. I have a question. Oh, wait, Dr. hold on, Dr. Noodlebutter. We have one more question. So, just just for example, if I was like, hey, Dr. Noodlebutter, I killed my parents. Uh... Wait, hold on, Dars. <laughs> I, I, I can't get you. <laughs> <laughs> is Dr. Noodlebutter gone for good? No, 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 no. Okay, go ahead. Hi, Dr. Noodlebutter. Um... If I was like, say I was a kid and I was like, I, I shot, well, not a kid, like an 18 year old adult. And I was like, I shot and killed my parents. You just don't do anything with that information? Or do you have to, like, I, I'm confused. Oh, this is a hard question. Um, so he's a kid. No, no, no he's, he's an adult. He's, he's, he's a an legal adult. adult. Oh, 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 he's an adult. And someone in a kid's body. <laughs> No, 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 no. He kills his parents. Oh, sorry. That got convoluted. Um, and he tells and you, he Dr. Noodlebutter, the, the resident therapist, you can't do anything with that information until you're subpoenaed? I would have to consult with my own lawyer, but my thought based on what of my past experiences, none of which are this, that you you would hold that information. Wow. You can't, I don't think you can. You can't go in to the cops because then you're you're breaking HIPAA. You're, you're saying this person's my client and you can't do that because then you're licensed. You wouldn't be a therapist anymore. Wow. And if someone else leaked that information, like your, like, <laughs> yeah, like is, is that admissible in court? I'm asking lawyer questions now. If this someone, probably isn't. If someone leaked it, that's when the court would say, well, we need to see that therapist notes then. So then you would get a subpoena from the court saying we need your notes. It's the same huh. way, like, sometimes when, when parents are getting divorced, they'll want to pull in the child's therapist to say who they should go with. And the therapist is like, no, I'm, I'm calling confidentiality. I'm, I'm client privilege for my notes. No, no, no. And there's only, like, it has to be pretty high-stakes circumstances for that, the court to, like, surpass that, which it happens. It happens. But if, if you have a client and someone says, if that person, pre, before the murder occurs, if they say... I'm going to kill my parents, then you have to no not only notify the police, but you have to notify that specific person named. Okay, so if it's like a, a future potential that. event, you have to let it be known. Exactly, yeah. If it's going to happen, then you let it be known. But if One it's already final... happened... I don't know. You'd have to fact check me on that, but I think if it's already happened... No, Dr. Noodlebutter, we're going to take your word at face value. Uh, Noodlebutter, one more question. Thank you. <laughs> no cap? Oh, and last question, no cap? No caps. Okay, Whoa. Dr. Noodle Butter, thank you. Thank you, Dr. NB, DRNB, PhD. All right, we'll be down to your office after this. Jeez. We have to go every day. Yeah, they make us. We get shock therapy every day from Dr. Noodle Butter. <laughs> Butter me noodle. <laughs>
Anyway, in March 1990, the Menendez brothers were arrested after the what I just said, where the, the they confessed <laughs> yourself, to their therapist. Dude. Why do we <laughs> do it all for you? <laughs> While arguments continued over whether or not Ozil's tapes were admissible in court, Eric and Lyle Menendez's uh, Eric and Lyle Menendez's trial captivated the nation. Eric and Lyle Menendez's trial, come on down and take a view. In 1993, hey, shut the case played out on the nascent court old. TV and brought the drama of the Menendez family straight into America's living rooms. Sure. As the Menendez brothers told it, their parents' murder had come after years and years of emotional, physical, and sexual abuse. Not only were they punched and belt-whipped, but both brothers also offered harrowing testimony of sexual abuse at the hands of their father, Jose. So, real bad dude, if that's so the truth. A real whirlwind of, of bad stuff going on in this household. Which, I kind of subscribe. I would probably believe that their dad was abusive. I don't think two people just kind of start yeah, loitering. Yeah, just like kill people. I, and it wasn't well, like they were know. like in it for the money. Like, they shot them like so... There was definitely like passion and craziness involved with like the amount of shots that they... Fired. Yeah, yeah, that's not a that's that's a what's the word? It's like a I forget what the word is for like a murder crazy like town. That. It's like, yeah, it's like hashtag oingo boingo killy willy. Yeah, that's uh, what the the one to ten scale in Doctor Needle Butter's <laughs> office says. <laughs> no, it's it's uh I forget I forget. There's a term for like when it's just so overkill. I guess it's probably overkill is the term. Uh, where it's like okay, this is like a personal thing. Not just like a random act. Was overkill a term in Halo? Uh, overkill. overkill. That was a thing you. Yeah, that was a term in Halo, and it was also uh, in Final Fantasy like seven and ten and stuff. Well, good. I'm glad we got that sorted out. Yeah. Anyway, excellent. We would be in the bathroom, and uh, he would put me on my knees, and uh. Well, you can guess. Well, uh, Listeners at home, Lyle testified, claiming that the abuse lasted from the time he was six to the time he was eight. Jesus. Eric also claimed that he'd suffered sexual abuse at his father's hands, telling the jury he would have me give him... I'm not going to read that. Yeah. Um, but also, while doing this, he would stick needles or tacks into my thighs. What the fuck? The brothers so also. If these are, if these are, if, if all of this is true and they're not making this up, like, I can see how that would drive someone to shoot you five to ten times. Yes. Yeah. No. For sure. I don't know if we have the the moral compass to say he deserved to die, but it's just you like, were definitely had bad things coming to you, <laughs> real yeah. bad things, which he did, like five of them. Yep. The brothers also claimed that they'd had an incestuous relationship with their mother, Kitty. Oh, my God. This uh, house of horrors, everyone. Both said that they slept in her bed as teenagers when Jose was gone, and Lyle claimed he would touch her everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I hate this. I yeah, did not this know is, this uh, This part of the Menendez brothers' lore. I didn't know the specifics of this uh, either. I was like, whoa, Mac, jo- Mac Johnson. Rookie <laughs> like basketball. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is. Uh, Despite these revelations, the prosecution maintained that the Menendez brothers had killed their parents in cold blood for their money. 
California Supreme Court ruled that the taped confessions were indeed admissible in court, and the investigators found that the brothers had bought the guns they used during the murder with a stolen ID. What's more, Lyle had told friends, oh no, had told a friend that he deleted his father's amended will shortly after his death. The both brothers' trials ended in mistrials in 1994. They went back to court in 1995 for a retrial, where videotaping was banned. And they were each found guilty of first-degree murder in 1996. That seems like a loophole of the justice system. What? What? Do you, what that, like, the trial got thrown out but then reintroduced, you mean? I guess so. I guess, do mistrials not count for double jeopardy? I don't think a mistrial counts, no. Ah, so that's probably I where, assume, I, where my again, brain... I, what, I have no legal anything. I'm just a dumb guy, assuming. No, we should bring in our lawyer. Our, our, our lawyer. lawyer. Mr. Patrick C. Swankston. Yeah, boys. Thanks, Patrick. Did you know Goodbye. that that... Bye, boys. Patrick. <laughs> Did you know those two words cost us $800? <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, Patrick, he charges a heavy fee, dude. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, now I'm following. Uh, yeah. Thanks, we gotta, boys. I don't know why they don't just put him on retainer. Oh, my God. Please stop, Patrick. We can't afford this. Oh, we're going to be cooking up some brisket tonight. Between him and Dr. Noodle Butter, the, the, we've blown over the... <laughs> yeah, we're, the, the, the budget, budget for, for this the, episode is... It's way over the budget. We're in the red for sure. Uh, anyways, the so, Menendez brothers were that. This episode took a turn <laughs> I did not expect. Yep. The Menendez brothers were then sentenced to life in prison where they remain to this day. Again, I think they should get one day out to play tennis against the Williams sisters. <laughs> As we mentioned, me. maybe like a death race situation where if they win, they're freed. Oh, and the no. Williams sisters have to go into jail. <laughs> Can you imagine death race, but it's just tennis? Like, that's the future. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, you fight for your lives as convicts playing tennis. Though Lyle and Eric Menendez were sentenced to life in prison in 1996, they were originally in separate prisons, but are now housed together in the Richard J. Donovan Correctional Facility in San Diego. Uh, they've continued to make headlines from behind bars. Both the Menendez brothers have married and they've opened up to the media about their infamous crime. I am the kid that did kill his parents and no river of tears has changed that and no amount of regret has changed it, Lyle Menendez told ABC News. I accept that. You're often defined by a few moments of your life, but that's not who you are in your life, you know? Your life is the totality of it. You can't change it. You just, you're stuck with the decisions you made. Okay. Had he and Eric have stuck with their story that they killed Jose and Kitty because of sexual abuse and that a final fight preempted the murders. Lyle said he was furious when he first learned that his father was also allegedly abusing Eric, explained, It was like I kept my part of that sort of devil's pact and my father didn't. And my mother, you know, you let her you let your children wake up in the home of a child molester every single day. Yikes. I mean, that's a fair outlook on your parents. Yeah, I was going to say, that's fair. That <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's a fucked up situation. I totally believe if that, like, that's true and that, like, like he doesn't regret it. Right. He's like, right. well, what the fuck else was I going to do? Like, right. But some of the family members refuse to believe their allegations. 
Brian Anderson, Kitty Menendez's brother, told ABC News that Eric and Lyle had acted out of greed, not because they had been abused by their parents. There was certainly no indication of any kind that there was any ever any abuse, Anderson insisted. I think the motive was strictly money. But didn't they say that, like, their older cousin, like, testified the, that the, as kids they, like, reported that they were being abused? Right. And also, like, what, how much does a, I mean, you know, I don't know how close you are to any of your, like, brother or sister-in-laws, but, like, it's not like I would see a brother or sister-in-law enough to for them to really understand the totality of, like, yeah, abuse in the home. You know, yeah, <laughs> right. Like, it's like, oh, well, I saw them on Thanksgiving and it was chill. So, like, <laughs> it's like, that's not, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe other people's families are different, but, like, I feel like you don't see that. Also, people, like, kids don't just, out of, it, it's a stretch to think that two kids would murder their parents for greed, for money. Right. I they think also, that is, like, a wild thing to say that they're two normal human beings. Right, that, your children. It's that not like just they killed wanted some, money, yeah. even though they're gonna get money eventually, anyways. They're born into money, like. <laughs> right. Yeah. They already. They already won the, the that that lottery. Whatever their motive, the case of the Menendez brothers remains one of the most captivating true crime tales of the 1990s. Theirs is a story of revenge, greed, and violence, and it offers the haunting reminder that, at the end of the day, no one knows for sure what happens behind closed doors. Yeah, that's a. Uh... That's this macabre. Did, this macabre. This episode took some turns that were unexpected from two new people being introduced. Yeah, the call sheet <laughs> is long. <laughs> yeah. Three new people, actually. Uh, I forgot about our lawyer, but, uh, uh, you know, it's that's sometimes that's the way Monday Morning Macabre does, you know? Sometimes we're it's like, a group effort. It takes a village, everyone. Takes a village. And when you work with as many people as we do at the Sling and Dingers headquarters... People are always walking yeah. around the, uh, you know, the halls. They come in, they come out. They the get water fired, cooler. They get thrown into, a, yeah, water cooler convos in the Slingendinger office is crazy. So, scones, uh, I, you know, <laughs> you oh, know? I know. Oh, he knows. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> guys, thank you for listening to another episode of Monday Morning Macabre. Uh, check out our website, mondaymorningmacabre.com, for merch and Patreon info. If you want to get a whole another season of Macabre, check that out. We just dropped another Patreon episode for you Patreon listeners. So check that out. Uh, MM Macabre Pod on Twitter, Monday Morning Macabre on Instagram, and do all the do all that stuff. Tell your friends. And, uh, yeah, I mean, until until we see you again. It's been a, a long day. Scones is going to sing us out. Goodbye. I will see you again. Yeah. Again.